Hello, this is Christopher John from Soviet Chiksa, and I'm here to talk with the Enrons on your new favorite song. Your holocaustic bleeding, you demonized, demonized, we sanitize and Hi, and welcome to your new favorite song. And this week, I'll be talking to Chris Sean from Soviet Chiksa about their song they released recently called Demonize. Hi, Chris, all the way from sunny Nashville. How are you? I am very good. How are you today? I'm very good. Very good. Uh, I'm quite excited. Uh, really glad that you agreed to talk to, to me today about, uh, about your song. And... So first of all, I think I would like to maybe get a bit of an introduction, uh, who you are, where you are, and a bit about the band as well and what you do. Uh, that sounds good to me. Um, I'm Christopher Sean, and uh, Soviet Shiksa is the uh, the name of my, uh, I guess you could call it a solo project. Uh, I am a, formerly a, a backing musician. I played bass with uh, singer-songwriters and multiple bands and things like that, and uh, got kind of tired of not writing my own stuff or performing my own thing. So uh, I recruited a band and started playing shows, upsetting audiences in Nashville and all across the Southeast and Northeast United States. <laughs> so, and Soviet Six is, a, is a, a solo project, but you don't do it all on your own, I guess, or? or... No, um, I do not do it all on my own. I do write the songs, I do uh, structure them, uh, but, but I, the, the band members I have recruited, they, they write their own parts. They add their own pieces. Uh, we like to say salt on the pretzel. Uh, I, I play with a full horn section live. Um, I have an amazing rhythm section. Um, yeah, they're talented musicians, and honestly, it would be totally different without them. Okay, and are they also in other bands that you were in, or, uh, or just friends for this project? Um, actually... All the musicians I'm playing with in this project, I had never worked uh, before. Like I had played gigs with bands that they had worked with. Um, just they're just musicians I had found um, in town working with other groups and other musicians. Uh, because you're in in Nashville, huh? which is like the the center of the United States music industry, I guess. Uh, we we like to think we are the center of the musical world. Um, <laughs> wow, well, you know this. Uh... I'm British, so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, from uh, what, what we understand, you all have a pretty, uh, pretty happy the music scene there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I guess Nashville is a place where you can get a lot of musicians and studios and stuff like that. So. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And uh, did you, but you still still play in your other bands? No, no, I, I, I had to stop. I was losing my mind, honestly. Um, there's a lot of music out there that I, I, I played bass for, um, for money and out of boredom and it got tiring and, uh, I just, I didn't need to anymore. And I just decided that that was something I needed to stop doing. Okay. And so they just concentrating on the Soviet Shiksa. Yes. And do you also sing the songs? Yes. I am the, the, the singer of the front and, uh, I am the, uh, the the beautiful face that people see screaming at them from stage. <laughs> Behind a very, very impressive beard. And a really yeah. huge quiff as well, I can see. Uh. Oh, yeah, it's, it's extraordinarily, <laughs> I mean, 
it's it's a little quiffier today than usual, but yeah, it's usually pretty puffy. Um, yeah, it's, it's it tends to get a reaction. I mean, it adds about five inches to your length and to your height, I guess. Uh, yes, it's quite impressive. Um, so you, I also uh, sent you some uh, icebreaker questions, some questions that I think uh, I had to get to know you a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And the first one you asked was which band, dead or alive, which band or artist, dead or alive, would play at your funeral? Yes, yeah. Um, and I, I had thought about this. And um, this is actually something that I, I thought about a lot at one point in my life. I was um, at a, musical fe- uh, a music festival in uh, Tennessee called Bonnaroo one year. And uh, I had eaten a bunch of acid. I, and uh, <laughs> I, was, I was walking around the festival grounds and I had forgotten that a band called Sigur Ross, I believe is how you pronounce their name, Mm-hmm. What was playing at about 1230 at night on some stage and I was just kind of wandering around aimlessly not really knowing where I was going a little lost in my head and I just heard this almost angelic cooing coming from the distance and the crowd responding to it I just drifted towards the lights and there they were in, uh, in all their glory and I just remember thinking honestly like this is what I want to die to <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that wasn't the acid. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure the acid had an effect. Um, but yeah, I think Siguros would be the perfect soundtrack to most people's funerals, especially my own. And if people don't know this band, why why would they be a perfect funeral or a <gasps> send-off? Big sounds, um, heavy moods, uh, incredible, unusual vocals that you're not going to get anywhere else. They're hard to describe, um, but they're, they're definitely worth listening to. I'm probably slaughtering the pronunciation of their name. If you're out there and you're curious, it's S-I-G-U-R space R-O-S. Get in there and, and, and dig in because... Okay, but we'll put a link very... to their Spotify, I guess. Uh, and they're probably on Spotify. We'll put a link to their Spotify in the uh, show notes. So anybody who's interested can just go and directly uh, check them out. Right, and very... book them for your funeral. Oh, Lord, if only. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So are you a listener or a talker? Um, A a little bit of both. With most people, I'm a listener. Um, With closer friends, I can be a bit of a talker. But, uh, yeah, um, and and in show scenarios, uh, I tend to be very quiet and almost stoic. But, uh, you know, occasionally I'll, I'll, I'll chat people up, but I definitely prefer to be a listener. Yeah, because I mean, it's you know now that you say that about shows, I mean you have people who are definitely uh, extrovert on stage, uh, who really come alive on stage and they really engage their audience. And how do you do that on stage? I mean, I don't know. I don't think Soviet shiksa is the music is quite uh, something you listen to. Uh, it's especially demonized. So how do you engage your audience? I engage them with unchecked aggression i think um (laughs) that's the best way i can describe it um um, i I dress in a very unassuming manner and usually i'm in the crowd before i'm on stage and for the most part i don't talk i'm very polite and then when we start playing i immediately start screaming at them um I, I have been called antagonistic. <laughs> uh, songs that are very um, 
the subdued on the records tend to come out uh, much angrier, much more spiteful mm-hmm. uh, live. Um, the horn section, those boys do a great job of um, stirring up people and, and, and getting in the face of the audience. And it's, yeah, I think antagonistic is probably the most uh, accurate word I can think of because I think I, I engage the audience from the point of view of you don't need to be here. So I'm going to drive you out. It's not really very good for your ba- your fan base eh? if you drive people away. No, I mean, it, it seems to work. Um, I think people hate themselves on a, on a very deep <laughs> level and they appreciate the abuse. <laughs> so the third question you asked was, um, which failure did you learn the most from? Hmm. Uh, I honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I've, had, I've had a couple of failures. Um, uh, I recently um, started a divorce, which I think I learned the most from um, the um, the three EP series songs about sex, death, and God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a narrative. Um, it's a loose narrative, but it's a narrative about a, a struggling writer uh, going through a divorce and. Uh, the stories and the songs are a combination of his perspective of his situation and the short stories he's writing. And, uh, it's uh, somewhat autobiographical to a point, but yeah, yeah. I I think when you, you put so much time and energy into a relationship like that with somebody else and it kind of falls apart, there's an opportunity to learn a lot. And that's definitely the one I've learned the most from. And what did you learn specifically? Yeah. What's, what's the thing that really stands out for you? Uh, self-sufficiency uh, to, to not just financially or uh, professionally but emotionally you have to be able to take care of yourself and be there for yourself before you can be there in any way shape or form uh, for anybody else okay and have you <clears throat> used that in your uh, uh, in your music with Sophie Chicksay using that for an outlet for this emotional I guess turbulence that you're feeling in going through a divorce is quite a turbulent time I think so. Um, the three EP series was definitely being written uh, in in the worst parts of that, and the, the the newer stuff I'm writing now is definitely in the wake of that. Uh, and there's definitely some elements in the newer stuff that hasn't been recorded that will be recorded in November of this year. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely using it as a, as a as an emotional fuel for sure. Okay, and the because the the, the the EP series are called Songs About Sex, Death and God, parts one, two and three. Yes. That's right. And they're, I mean, they're also on Spotify. To, I'll put the links onto those as well. But, uh, is there any, do you sort of say you should listen to them in, in order or just jump well, in and out? You can jump in and out. It's totally fine. Um, there is a book uh, <laughs> that ah. I sell um, that actually... Uh, reinforces the narrative a little bit. Um, it's um, it's called His Time with Sex, Death, and God. It's available on Amazon.com. Um, and it puts the, the the tracks from the multiple EPs in the correct order, and there's a piece or two of poetry that kind of helps seal the deal, so to speak, um, as well. But you can listen to it any way you want to. Most people you know, nowadays like to just pop in and listen to a yeah. song or two, make their own playlist, that sort of thing, and that's totally fine. Um, but there's more there if you want it, for sure. Now, the song Demonize, that's not part of that uh, 
Uh, that, that's from Melancholia, I think. Is that right? I've been saying Melancholia. Um, I, I believe that's the pronunciation. I think it's one of those words that's, you know, tomato, tomato. You can, you can do whatever you want. And across the pond, you guys have your own inflections for sure. So, so have at it. Yeah, yes, that's, that's what they say, yeah? Americans and British are divided by a common language. It's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, melanco Melancholia? Yes, say? that's that's the most recent release by Soviet Shiksa, and we released it in February with intentions to to kind of run around on it, and then the the pandemic happened, so we shut down everything. Um, but yeah, it's a three song EP which we use to kind of express ourselves and stretch out from the constraints of the three song uh, of the three series EP because we were so focused on that sound that I was working on that yeah. I wanted to kind of stretch our legs and see what we could do, so we. We uh, did three very different types of songs and put them out as an EP. And I mean, because demonize, I think when I, uh, I uh, said about demonize, it's, it's like Johnny Cash meets the doors at a thrash metal festival. Which, which I, I love mean, that. Which, I mean, you know, you've got this very uh, deep baritone voice, which is a bit like Johnny Cash, uh, but you sing like like Jim Morrison. Especially on that song, you know, it's really got that feel of uh, uh, Riders in the Storm and that's a, that kind of, yeah, what's, what, what would you call it? The kind of dreamy type of uh, vibe going on. Yeah, some sort of like a, a satanic crooner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's called Demonize, so I mean, you know, yes. it's probably the right way. And it starts off with this, uh, we've got the snares and uh, like a kick drum, I guess. Think so, yeah. and and the horns going on there in the background, and very simple riff, bass riff. Yes. Are you playing the bass riff on that? No, no, no. That would be Ricky DeMeo, um, my bassist supreme, uh, laying down the bass for us on that track. How is that different then to the other tracks that you've done? I mean, what's the what's so special about this particular sound on this track? Uh, this one was interesting. Um, I had a there is a uh, I, I believe they're worldwide. Um, I believe they're called the 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 Satanic Church. I think that's the name of their group. It's a it's a, a coalition of Satanists, <laughs> and um, there is a local chapter in Nashville. And I had gotten invited to a meeting, I guess, because of my aesthetic and just my overall personality. So I was like, oh, what the hell? And uh, I'll, I'll join these folks for a lunch. And there's a, uh, <laughs> a, 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 a German sausage house in Nashville that I had lunch with these people at. And they were really good people, really nice. Um, and it was just interesting to hear them talk about their daily experience and their, their group's goals and things like that nature and how there's a lot of misconceptions behind what they are and what they believe and what they do. And their whole thing is empathy and reason. And I went home from that meeting uh, thinking a few things, uh, just the, the weird irony of the entire situation. And also just like, that's an intriguing subject that like they have these weird misconceptions and these weird uh, perceptions that are laid out upon them, but they're totally different. And it seems like on a lot of uh, issues and ideas, they're on the right side. 
And I, I kind of just went home and wrote a little piece with some uh, words that rhymed. And then I had a couple of riffs that I, I looped around the house and just started growling into a microphone until I found the vocal rhythm. That's kind of where that song came from. And like you said, it's a very simple riff and it runs. But once I got the, uh, the rhythm section in there and I got the horn boys behind it, I think we had something really special there. Yeah, because that's something you'd... Uh, actually, I, I listened to it again and kind of realized that the horns were in there. So when the first time you hear it, you don't really hear the, the horns. You hear this big bass and the kick. It really, you know, grabs your attention. And then all of a sudden you think, the second time you hear it, you think, oh, hey, hold on, he's got some horns. And what, what, what have you got in the background? The trumpets or...? Uh... Uh, on this, yeah, the horn section consists of saxophone, trumpet, and uh, trombone. On a trombone, yeah. I mean, because it's really quite subtle there in the background, in the, in the very beginning, but they come around about halfway through, they start to come back in again really loud, and then you've got this kind of cacophony, uh, this sort of satanic cacophony halfway through the song. Yes. Which I think is the bit that you chose, eh? the, 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 clip, the clip that we played at the beginning. Yes, yeah, I definitely wanted the, 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 the horns to be noticed, because I think... You know, there's a lot of, um, I guess, sludgy, doomy metal out there, but I don't think a lot of it has a horn section to back it up. <laughs> I think it's a really interesting yeah. uh, sound, for sure. Yeah, I mean, most metal is kind of, in my experience, kind of leans more towards a classical, you know, Bach and uh, and, and, and and these things. But you're kind of more uh, leaning towards uh, maybe jazz, uh, uh, using horn sections. It's not very metal I mean, would you describe yourself as a metal band? No, I, would, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, uh, I, we have heavier stuff. Um, uh, we have some stuff that I would say, like, leans on the shoulders of punk and, like, maybe a heavier rock, but I, I don't have any metal ambitions, although I do love a lot of metal. Yeah. I just I don't have it in me. I don't have the dexterity or the talent to play metal either. And I, my voice has a hard enough time holding up with the way I treat it on stage every night as it is. So if I was screaming more, it would probably be a bad idea. Yeah, and did you, did you uh, I mean, uh, because you've got this deep voice, you, you might tend towards kind of a thrash, you know, this is well, this, this death metal, this, this really grunty sound, but it's, it's not, it's quite melodic as well. I'd like, uh, on that song. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and that's that's the other problem is I'm not a talented singer. I've been a singer probably just as long as I've been writing these songs. So I think I put the first EP out in 2017, and that was recorded maybe about four months after I had finally decided to start singing into a microphone by myself. So I'm learning as I go. I think I'm getting yeah. better. But who knows? Well, it sounds pretty good. Did you did you did you do the uh, recording and the production yourself, or did you get somebody to do that for you? No, there is a, my, my, my engineer gentleman, uh, his name is Weston Wellman, and he works out of Nashville. Very talented, very talented guy. Um, he works at a, a legit real studio during the day, but he also has his home set up, which is amazing and fantastic. And uh, he's been nothing but a, a godsend when it comes to like helping me get my ideas into a digital medium that makes sense. Okay, and did, I mean, you. How did you lay down the tracks then? I mean, because that's always something that's interesting to, uh, uh, first certainly to me when we were recording as well. There's a kind of a, an order you lay your tracks down in, and then you build up the sound. So how did you do that? Um, ordinarily, uh, at least our 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 process consists of uh, 
the earlier stuff we didn't really mess with uh, click tracks or tempos but uh, melancholia we use tempos on demonized in particular we set the tempo at 66.6 beats per minute (laughs) (laughs) we thought that was fun um but yeah ordinarily um especially going forward we'll set a tempo um i will lay down scratch tracks where I, i play a loose guitar part and do a little loose vocal part and then we'll get drums in and record the real drums and then lay the bass on top of that and uh, go from there but usually when we're tracking drums we're tracking live so we're playing the songs live and uh, le- tracking drums and then we just lay everything on top of that uh, oh, so do you play all the instruments the whole song live in one go you don't record them multi-track um no uh, we, 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 we do do the, we do the multi-track but um when the drums are being recorded to have the live band energy the band is playing live with the drummer so we'll just be the mics will just be on for the drums and then once those are recorded we record everything on top of that so you still have that kind of essence of playing live in that spontaneity if it happens with the drums and then you go from there and do you have a when you're playing uh with the drums um are you using like a condenser mic to get a room to get the the the, the ambient sound of the other instruments in the room or do you just clean drums clean mic oh, drums um Honestly, I, I think that would be more in Weston's wheelhouse. Uh, I, honest, I don't know anything about production or anything. I am not a gearhead by any stretch of the imagination. I barely know how to use my own gear, let alone his. Uh, I know he has a multitude of microphones and there are cables everywhere and it's overwhelming and he handles it with the grace of a, a Disney princess. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, you know, that's why you use a click track, obviously, is if you're going to use those kind of ambient noises from the the, the room, then you need to make sure that you're always playing at the same uh, constant tempo, otherwise you get phase changes and stuff, which, uh, but, uh, okay. Um, and and what's, this, what's the, the song really about? I mean, what's what are you trying to say to people uh, in the song? What's the message you're trying to bring over? Uh, I don't, honestly, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at conveying messages or uh, imparting a certain feeling or idea that somebody should take from anything that I create um, without trying to sound too pompous. But um, I, I think it's, I mean, if, if you could take anything from it. Uh, it and what do you take from it? That you shouldn't take some things at face value and that sometimes what seems right is wrong, and sometimes what seems wrong might be right. Okay, well, I think it's, uh, you know, given the time, it's uh, really interesting, yeah. So, the the Satanists, most people say, yeah, the Satanists are nice people, but they just believe in Satan. Sure. Well, that's 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 a, another misconception. Most Satanists, if not all Satanists, don't really believe in any manifestation of a real Satan. Uh, it's, it's, but yeah, it's in my experience, every Satanist I've met has been nothing but a peach. They're always amazing people. But with any kind of person, I'm sure there's terrible Satanists out there. I, I can't wait to meet one. Well, well this, you know, what they say about, uh, you know, if you, if you go outside of your door and you're actually engaged with the world, you find out that most people are actually pretty okay. 
Um, I don't know if it's in the States, but in, in the Netherlands, a guy wrote a book and uh, it's become quite of a, a bit of a hit. And I'm trying to think of the, the, the English translation is uh, most people are okay. The meeste mensen deugen. It's like most people are actually okay. Uh, and they won't want to rob you. They won't want to steal from you. They won't want to hurt you in any way. In fact, most people are uh, programmed to be sociable. Uh, to to uh, And if you get that into your head, then actually engaging with other people is not so different, difficult because most people are pretty much the same on the level. I'd be willing to agree with that for sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, um, what's what's on the cards for Soviet Shiksa in the near future? In the, in the, I guess you're not gigging at the moment. No, honestly, I think the majority of what happens with us in the future depends on Americans' ability to just wear a mask. Um, <laughs> uh, coming from one of those problematic states like Tennessee where people's pride tends to be put over um, people's empathy, uh, I, don't, I don't know how long it's going to take for us to kind of clear the woods to the point where there's going to be live shows. I do know that I've become more proactive with engaging the audience I do have with uh, Instagram. So um, if not bi-weekly, it'll probably be weekly. I'll be doing live streams where I'll be playing some songs and chatting up the people who choose to watch the, the streams through Instagram. Uh, we will be recording. Oh, I'm sorry. It'll be on your Instagram page. Yes, yes. And, and well, just a free, uh, free shout out to yourself. Uh, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, the Instagram handle is Soviet Shiksa. Soviet Shiksa, and that's S H I K S A, huh? Yes. Shiksa. Okay. Uh, what What does that mean, by the way? I wanted to ask you that question. What does What does Soviet Shiksa mean? Well, um, yeah. So um, I think we all understand what Soviet is and the connotations behind it. Uh, Shiksa is a, a Yiddish word, or even like a, a Jewish slang for a a, a promiscuous non-Jewish woman and um, maybe a hundred years ago it, it would have been taken very seriously in most of the world uh, nowadays I think it's still considered relatively offensive in parts of old Europe and uh, <laughs> in certain families for sure they still don't yeah, take yeah. kindly to it um, I have gotten a lot of odd reaction that was unexpected from people from all parts of the world um, to me it's a uh, it has a, a an unusual meaning. I, I picked the words mainly because they sounded neat together. And then, uh, as I tend to do, I assign meaning to things that uh, shouldn't have any meaning assigned to them. So I have my own personal reasons for keeping the name. But honestly, there's not much there. It's just it sounds neat. And I like the word shiksa. I think it's an interesting word. I mean, would you? T I mean, you say you've got some personal reasons, but would you mind sharing them, or uh, what your ah. reasons are for keeping the name? Well, uh, you know, when you when you hear the word Soviet, you think of maybe like you know the Soviet Union and old style socialism, and um, the, the concept of the worker and the greater good. And with 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 Shiksa, you you think of this this uh, almost like cartoonish demonic temptress. And you think of propaganda cartoons and just these awful ideas that people have. They're just kind of uh, like painted with hate. And you have just these two things that don't necessarily have to be awful things. And yeah, it's basically when ideas become bigger than themselves and they, they, they get construed into caricatures and monstrosities. 
and they don't have to be. And it's easy not, to project hate onto those things, huh? Yes, it is. And I'm not saying anything positive about the Soviet Union, but I think I just think the word Soviet in and of itself is just this nasty, unusual idea, and it doesn't have to be. Um, it's just it's just a it's a busy word. But like I said, I didn't think of anything when I put the words together. Uh, but yeah, it's about overcoming uh, temptation for the greater good. That's the, that's the tagline I have in my head when I hear Soviet shiksa, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter why. It's just a, it's a, it's a, yeah, a great tagline. Huh? What yes. was the tagline again? Overcoming. Overcoming adversity uh, for the greater good. Overcoming adversity. For them. That's a song title if I ever heard one. Overcoming adversity for the greater good. Okay. Um, so we're coming to more or less the end. And uh, so what I'd like, uh, if you've got a, a shout out uh, to somebody or if you want to pitch a new song or merchandise, where can we find Chris, Sean and Soviet Shiksa on the internet? Where can we help support you? All right. Um, I, um, I'm not a big believer in Facebook. Um, I've had much more positive interactions and experiences uh, through Instagram. So Instagram would be the medium I would like for you to reach out to me if you're so inclined to, to engage with uh, the project. Um, Soviet Chiksa. So it's Instagram.com backslash Soviet Chiksa. And of course, there is a .com, SovietChiksa.com. And you can access everything from music links to Spotify and iTunes to, to the links to the book. If you feel so inclined to check it out to our YouTube page where there's live videos and music videos and that sort of thing. But uh, first and foremost, if you want to keep up with us, Instagram is the way to go for sure. Okay, cool. And maybe one last thing, uh, maybe spring this on you. Uh, it's called your, uh, your new favorite song. So what is Christian's new favorite song? Ooh, what is my favorite song? I, I have a hard time listening to a lot of contemporary music. Um, uh, right now I find myself, we, we talked about Jim Morrison earlier. I've been listening to the Soft Parade way too much here lately. So honestly, the Soft Parade is probably my new favorite song, the title track from the Soft Parade. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, great. Uh, it's probably not gonna, I'm probably not going to be able to interview them for the show so <laughs> yeah. anytime soon. But uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, we'll put the link, link to that as well in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, so Chris, thanks very much for uh, spending the time with me on this. Uh, for you, it's guess, still morning. It's me. It's, all, it's uh, early, late afternoon. Uh, I had a great chat and... Um, well, thanks very much. Thanks again for uh, showing up and flicking your quiff at me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no problem. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, uh, I'm going to get inside before the mosquitoes realize I'm out here, and I hope you enjoy your day. Yeah, you too, and uh, I'll uh, keep in touch. Absolutely. I look forward to it. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast and that you come away with an appreciation of the creative process and, more importantly, have found your new favourite song. All of the songs featured in the show are on our Spotify playlist, The Enron's New Favourites, and you can find all of the links mentioned in the podcast in the show notes below. Next week I'll be talking to Rivita about her song, I Believe, 
which is a melancholy ode to protecting one's inner self against the hard response of a sometimes cold world. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please hit the subscribe button and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or the podcast app you're listening on. If you want to help us to continue making and growing the podcast, as well as releasing new music, then visit www.patreon.com backslash the Enrons and support us for as little as one euro a month. We really appreciate it, and every little bit helps to cover the cost of making the podcast. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.